What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tuned Up on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Mike. Um, Join me today are my usual band of merry men, uh, Cameron. Howdy, howdy. Our uh, fearless leader, Kiona. Hello, hello. And Jacob. Hi, hi. <laughs> um, now, before we get started, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, mention the uh, like all the protests going around um, in honor of uh, George Lloyd, who was brutally murdered by by a cop. So we we want to we want to show our support for for George Floyd and his family. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. What happened to him was horrible, and I hope justice comes. You know, that's all I really have to say. I hope I hope everyone who is participating in the uh, the protests are safe. And if you feel like something's about to go from zero to sixty. Just stay safe. We're we're here to we're here in support. Absolutely, indeed. Um, actually, actually, um, I I need to point out that there was a protest, uh, in Grand Rapids where I live very close to, and it it, it did get it, it started off pretty peacefully, and then it got pretty ugly when the social secure the state of, um. The Secretary of State's office was burned. There were fireworks in it, and the police station was vandalized and such. And I know most of these are probably carried out by white people who are um, black people have been trying to stop recently. And you know, just please, I just call, I just implore them to just stop with this. This is not helpful to the cause of it. You know, this this is doing more harm than good when you're looting other stores. And I, I obviously I think that that's all secondary to what George went through. But, you know, there are better ways to carry this out. And, you know, this fellow white people, this just isn't it, this is not helpful. OK, so please. Like, it was very scary to watch this last. It, 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 it is no matter where you stand on this issue, it is hard to see a, a city that I was born in, no less, um, be brought down like that. So, you know, I just please try to be safe. Just do do these safely, and you know, mm-hmm. we just just please, just please. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So just keep fighting the good fight, but not in a way that's counterproductive such black lives matter indeed yeah i want to jump in also and offer my support to the cause and and just say that um of of course black lives matter and um what happened to george was a travesty and um i i think it was horrible um watching the video was just oh god uh yeah yeah um the fact that it happens with someone who is supposed to protect people is uh, really screwed up, and you know, I I I hope justice is served. That's all I can say. It's a cold comfort to George Floyd's family, but 
I really hope that it is served and I hope that people stay safe and I hope that people who support the cause will do so peacefully and um, make their voices heard. If you want to support the cause, we have a link to a website um, that will be included in the show notes. So to everyone out there, um, stay safe. Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, yeah. With that said, um, let's move on to mm-hmm. something a little, a little bit more positive. Um, yes, yeah. Sorry, there, there's, yeah. There, sorry, there's no good segue out of this. I know a lot of people probably come here and they're like, "I didn't sign up for, to, for all this drama," and it's just like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> it would, it would that's, be bad that's for the us world to... right now." Yeah. So. Things, yeah. No. So I think let's get started with something a little more positive. Um, what uh, what would you say, Mike? We should start with. Um, I want you to tell me a little bit more about this uh, Promare Collector's Edition. Oh yeah, let's get to this. So, one of the most successful animated films, G Kids, the Criterion of Foreign Animation, have brought over was last year's Promare, made by Studio Trigger, and it was one of their most financially successful and probably the one of the most popular releases that of that company so that you can now uh, easily rent it and buy it digitally. You can get it physically. There's a steel bookcase edition though. If you're like me, I'm waiting for the collector's edition, which is coming out in August, which I know that's it's painful to wait, but it's worth it. What comes with the uh, collector's edition is a CD soundtrack, a 52 page booklet, an English souvenir script, an exclusive mini poster, a decal sticker of the Fire Force. Or no, sorry, not Fire Force. Oh lord, I'm going to piss off a lot of anime fans by saying that anime. Um, Burning Rescue sticker. Um, And it comes with everything that comes with the Blu-ray release. It It is $51.99 if you go to shoutfactory.com. Um, it's normal retail price is sixty four ninety nine. Wow, yeah, you get a lot of stuff. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, Promare. It's it, it, it. That movie. It freaking rocks, man. I. I'm not even really into this um type of anime. This kind of mecha that Studio Trigger's known for, but. I watched Promare on VOD and watching that movie with the lights off is just the best experience ever. Um, also, just the, the music is also kick-ass. I think we can all agree. We'll, we'll, we can get to the songs later, but uh, Keona, you want to say something? Yeah, um, I wanted to say that I just watched it, actually. I bought the Blu-ray because I didn't know that there was going to be a deluxe edition coming down the line, so... Yeah, I failed to look that up, man. No, oh. they but did anyway. not do a good job about announcing it because everybody was like, oh, all right, I'll get the steel bookcase or the Blu-ray version. And then they're like shortly after they were just or like very close to the release. They announced it and everyone got mad because they're like, OK, fine, I'll cancel my normal version so I can <laughs> wait a few more months and buy this expensive but swag filled uh, collector's edition. Yeah, And they said yeah. it was very last minute. So it's it's annoying, 
but I like don't put too much blame on them. This, like I said, very last minute. They're going to be doing this for the release of Weathering with You, which will be available in September. But they have yeah. a collector's edition uh, in the works, so I'm yeah definitely going to get the collector's edition of that one. So <laughs> I'm glad that they're advertising it this time. But yeah. like, um, I will say this for the movie: I thought it was just so like incredible visually. Mm-hmm. like the aesthetic was so cool and the colors that they used were so cool just stylistically it was awesome um oh yeah i haven't been this excited about an anime film for like ages so this one really just it 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 hit the the sweet spot for me it was pretty awesome um i love the soundtrack love the visuals uh the the voice acting surprisingly like the english dub was really good and i hear that the producers actually cho- chose the english cast the voice cast for that yeah really like i read that somewhere yeah that's yeah awesome. no so that's um, pretty cool that that is you have some good veterans on there yeah they do yeah. and um i got to see promare in theaters and oh, it was nice. it was wild it, everyone was having a good time <laughs> everyone loved it and there's a specific scene i know uh mike you haven't seen it yet right uh correct i haven't seen it yet but well i don't want to spoil based it on every, but... based on ahead. everything that i've heard it it sounds like a movie that's kind of right up my alley. And I'm I'm a little behind when it comes to um, like watching anime and anime films, but mm-hmm. ev- everything you've told me about this movie alone just makes me that much more excited to finally see it for myself. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of those like theatrical experiences that I, I miss going to a theater for when there's a one, one scene that happens between uh the two ma- the two male leads someone oh. got super excited and then everybody <laughs> cheered like crazy it's like someone made the slam dunk winning goal in a in basketball so it's, i know i know exactly what scene you're talking about you too. yeah so yeah. just for anyone yep yeah but if you don't want to wait or you know understandably you don't want to pay 51 dollars or plus mm. you know just get the blu-ray Steph. edition you'll be fine this is just like the collector's editions, just for like fans of this kind of stuff, and I'm excited to to finally own it. <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, just super earnest, a lot of fun. Definitely, and you go check it out. Any movie where like the main character says "hyper fire safety punch" <laughs> is a winner in my book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. complete win. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, All right. No, 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 not good. No, it's um. And for anyone who is confused about when I said Fire Force, there's an anime that kind of has a slightly similar premise. It's on Funimation's and uh, streaming site, and there's been kind of a debate about um, which came first, Fire Force or Promare. It's one, it's one of those dumb controversies that you shouldn't really care about, but you know, it's it's it's, just, it's hard to think about without like either either uh anime without bringing up the other and such so okay so um i want to say um number one i think what makes promare so successful is that it knows exactly who it who its audience is all right it knows what they came to see and it delivered it's not you know with so many anime movies trying to be the next spirited away like try to be have a more Mm. universal appeal like promare it just says screw all the pretense let's just give let's just go let's just turn it up to 11 you know let's just give 
yeah. giant at like again, all the cliches of the anime mech anime. genre rolled up into one and it is just glorious it's both a great love letter to that genre to fans of that genre and also a gate great gateway drug to people who are kind of want to get into that sort of thing also like legitimate question what do you guys think is the best song of the soundtrack uh i have to go with inferno i i i love that uh chanting and such um, you always yeah on yeah. and be here for you and yeah no it's such a good song that but that's just me yeah, I agree. Uh, um, I agree completely. Um, yeah, my my favorite's Nexus. That is that is just uh Yeah, that's the, uh, is that Go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay. Do I come from the far we're going back? Oh yeah. So spend some time with me. I really like your company. That one. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're not so different. I think we blew our chance. <laughs> <laughs> going, it doesn't matter. Like, I think... And if we don't survive, I'd rather die than live alive. Like, um, um, I, I love that is an obscenely catchy song. Okay, I have been jamming to that song so much. You know, it's yeah, yeah. That okay. Um, yeah. So you should sing that at the end of the episode, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> we might All right, have, um, we might have blown our we, we might have blown our chances to get on American Idol. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, we did better than Peggy. Yeah, true, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we move on to the Tuca and Birdie news? Yeah, um, Tuca and Birdie's getting a second season on adult swim. How, how cool, how cool is that, that a Netflix series that got canceled gets to come back on cable? Well, first off, like it's really easy to target Netflix. It's really easy to just kind of call them out on a lot of shenanigans. And, um, but this is one of the things that, Netflix rightfully gets called out for. They have a very like bad decision-making way of like what gets renewed, what gets canceled. And Tuca and Birdie was one of those victims of the current Netflix um, way of working. And it's just frustrating because it was a good show. It was a very mature show. It was funny. It was endearing. It was real. And yes, you could argue that maybe it should have had a different art style because it was like aping maybe a little too much from Bojack Horseman, but that's just a, that's just a minor nitpick. So it looks bad on Netflix that it's like, well, you just lost one of your exclusives to adult swim. And this happened to that uh, sitcom one day at a time. It got saved by a TV channel. So it's it's really nice to see that Adult Swim decide to chime in and be like, hey, we'll we'll pick up the show, and give you the actual support you need. But it but it sadly we'll have to wait until next year. So, well, that gives me plenty of time to catch up with the first season. Then one one thing that kind of bothers me about Netflix and like it's 
it's their lack of transparency. And again, we could say this about the other streaming studios, like streaming services as well. Oh, we'll get but, to them. <laughs> um, yes, we will get to um, HBO Max in a, in a second. But um, about Netflix and their uh, decision-making, um, it sucks for the consumers who um, who have no idea how like certain shows are, are performing number like numbers wise. Like sure, mm-hmm. Netflix will advertise like, oh, this this movie or this TV show is like the most watched thing. But um, superlatives like that mean nothing when we don't when we don't have like hard numbers. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's really annoying mm-hmm. because they they won't they won't say they well yeah they, the problem is they will bring out the numbers, but only for something that's super successful like the Willoughby's, like it may it got viewed by what what they say like thirty mil uh thirty seven million people or something and it's I just like something like that yeah million, somewhere around that yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, what about, uh, well, how, like, how many people did not watch Tuca and Birdie for it to get canceled? That that's what people really kind of want to know, just so the decision making makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand like uh, non disclosure agreements and all that jazz, but just like we'll talk about Annecy later, it 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 halts. And makes all these conspiracy theories pop up, which are not helpful or healthy to invest time into. And we we just want to know what happened. That's all. Fans of the show deserve to know what exactly happened. Agreed. Definitely. I haven't even seen it. And yeah, it is. What, what's weird is like... Like Adult Swim pick, picks up a show from Netflix. It kind of sounds like it should be the other way around, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, Netflix, you'd think. Yeah, Netflix. It like it built itself up as like this huge savior for animation, with especially with adult shows like BoJack Horseman, Big Mouth, and Epis for Family, and all that. And yeah, you you'd think, and and also um, for other. Uh, we'll we'll get to in a second like how netflix can be seen as a savior and such um that that does surprise me that tuka and birdie's being picked up by adult swim instead that that is especially like with streaming being seen as like the big replacement for cable and now a cable a cable channel is picking up a streaming show it's yeah, it's not really helpful for the streamer's cause, you know? Yeah, and, um, yeah, no, it's it's just, I'm glad. I'm a little worried about what may and may not get through in the production of this new season with adults, like, now that it's on Adult Swim, like, like, the whole appeal of being on, like, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, or whatever is, you're not held down by TV constraints. But now Tuca and Birdie, a very mature show, and it doesn't really kick in until like the third episode with the more mature topics and such. Um, Will Adult Swim be like, yeah, you can do whatever. We'll take the consequences, take the price, and or whatever, you know what I mean? And 
we'll just have to see. But good job for the team behind Tuca and Birdie. I'm glad y- y'all got uh, have a second season to work on. Mm. Yeah, good, good, good on them for for getting that second season. Um, now, before we move on to Annecy, we have one more pretty big topic, and that is... Well, actually, we have two, but let's get to the HBO stuff first. Yeah, let's get to HBO Max, which launched um, this past Wednesday. Two mixed reviews. Um, first of all, does, that, does anyone here have HBO Max? Yes. I, yeah, I do... But um, here's the thing. I'm not really in a rush to what because the sons of bitches won't put it on Roku. <laughs> okay. See, that's 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 one of that's I've one of the that. major criticisms. Yeah, I can only watch reason, on my laptop. H- um... hmm. Yeah, it, you can if you have an Amazon Fire Stick or a Roku device. It is not available through those services right now they say that they will be but it won't be right now so that's definitely something i think is legit worth calling out because it's like every other streaming service has been available or launched on those services what halted you here did amazon or roku want more money or exactly what happened (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand like um, why those those two got left out. Um, although I can't really complain that much because I don't own a Roku, and the, um, you know, I'm I'm perfectly okay with watching HBO Max on my uh, on my laptop monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's not really my issue. My my issue is um, the the content that is and also isn't there. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There there is a lot there's a lot of programming that they have on HBO Max. You know, pe- people were were mostly excited to rewatch Friends, so mm-hmm. you got that. You've got all the new seasons of Doctor Who. Yep. Um, we'll get, we'll get to originals in a second. Um, but if you're an animation fan, um, there's a pretty, a pretty decent selection of, um, of old Cartoon Network and Hanna-Barbera shows. Um, my personal beef though is, um, the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry, um, selections mm-hmm. um because a they don't they don't have everything and b um the shorts that they do have i'm not i'm not exactly sure like the rhyme or reason behind them like mm-hmm. why why like only some are included but others aren't i i can only, i can only assume it's because they're waiting for uh, for better remasters, um, yeah, because can... o- because other otherwise they have they have the rights to like be in those entire libraries. Yeah, like what's the point if you're not going to have everything day one? Disney will drag up any corpse from its obscure live action film library, but you can't have all the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry shorts. 
are you kidding me? <laughs> and, oh, um, and, what's, and what's even worse is that um, in the in the Tom and Jerry uh, section, they they snuck they snuck in a few like unrelated Tex Avery shorts. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's it it like they're the completely random ones too. That doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh, that's that's a little silly. And yeah, but um, yeah, no, that they they definitely like it. It they're not making a good case of like being the most expensive of the streaming services, unless you know, of course, you go through the loopholes of like, oh, you get it for cheaper, or you get it for free if you have this uh cable provider or net provider or something and they really just fumbled the ball on making sure this was hugely accessible day one totally. but um and then it's like a lot of the content that i'm hyped for like i'm rewatching through adventure time right now just so i can catch up to the specials are not out yet and even though it's great to see uh close enough the new show by the regular show creator is on there it's not up it's not on there until july and um and everything it's it's just like why should people get it now and not just wait later pay for a free trial burn through all the stuff they want to and then cancel because we're getting back into like the TV way of things where we're going to get bundle. Like we're not going to get cable and channel bundles. We're going to get streaming service bundles in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, about um, HBO max. Um, man, you know, they had so much going for that. You know, they had so much build up for this streaming service, you know, what, all the stuff they have, you know, all the libraries and everything. And then just to see him fumble like this, like, <laughs> and also, I mean, it's very, am busy. it's amateur hour. Yeah, exactly. And also yeah. Disney plus is already sweeping the competition. It's man, man, Disney plus they hit the ball running. Didn't they? That they hit the, they yeah. hit the ground. Yeah. Right, they hit, yeah and and it's like yes it's cool that hbo max has the u.s rights to studio ghibli but they shouldn't be saying they have all the studio ghibli films when they don't have grave of the fireflies and i'm not super up i'm not super upset about that not just because not because of the film itself but uh it's just because they're gonna have to probably wrangle some copyright stuff with sentai filmworks because they currently own the rights to that movie and it's probably their you know their gravy train <laughs> if that makes sense and they're not going to give that up so easily i have so, good i have good news well um, what? for those for those you know who are upset that grave of the fireflies is not on hbo max i just found out it is streaming on hulu yeah so at, at least at least it's not like um locked in locked in um studio sentai's vault like you like it is available somewhere yeah no and since it's sentai filmworks um oh never mind i was i was gonna say 
it must be on uh, High Dive, uh, Sentai Filmworks' streaming service. It is not. Um, so, yeah, no, that, so that, that'll be good f- for people to be able to see it. Granted, not on HBO Max with the rest of the films, but at least, you know, you can still see it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is um, uh, Disney Anybody Plus, else have any just... final thoughts? Go ahead. They just um, fixed the the big problem that people had with the Simpsons episodes that they were cropped. Sixteen. Now now you have the option to watch it four by three now. So they fixed that, and HBO Max still has on their launch. They have so many bugs to um, straighten out. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. Now normally, like we're getting close. I know I've hyped Annecy before. And like for a few podcasts now, and we're going to get to it. But today we finally got some footage for the Sony Pictures Animation uh, U.S. Chinese production of an animated film called Wish Dragon. And it's supposed to come out in November uh, of this year. We'll see what happens there. Um, But... Uh, since we all finally got to see the trailer, uh, any quick thoughts? Um, it looks cute. Um, the hu- the human characters kind of look like um, they belong in um, something like Big Hero Six or Abominable. That is to say, they're not they're not the most original designs. Right. But I love I love the design of the dragon. He lo- he looks appropriately cartoonish. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I love I love the kind of fish out of water approach to his character. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's like it's I've been following this film forever, and it's been tough trying to find information about it because th- there were, there'd be like, oh yeah, a trailer's coming soon, don't worry, and it's just like we wanted to hear anything, and then just out of the blue, we got a trailer for it, and. Yeah, I think the CGI is kind of hit and miss. I don't think the trailer is the best first impression they could have made. But I'm sure, I'm or at least hoping that it's going to be a better product, like when it's finally released or if it's actually getting released here. So, uh, Kiona, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I actually, I, I liked it. The story looked interesting. It looked pretty cute. It looked like, yeah, the human characters um, seem a little bit derivative in a sense, mm-hmm. but I think it's I think it's okay for this movie, and I think the dragon makes up for it. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, the dra- the dragon is probably the best animated thing there. It's wildly expressive, definitely. and yeah, I do dig the joke when the dragon lifts up the TV, and only the the person who summoned the dragon can see it. So they're just kind of like, what the heck is going on over there, and. <laughs> It's a cute. It's probably the best joke of the of the movie, but we'll we'll have to see. Uh, Jacob, do you have anything to say about Wish Dragon? Um, yeah, I just want to say it's impressive. That just three years ago, when the Emoji Movie came out, people were saying that that would be the the final nail on Sony Pictures Animation's coffin. You know, like that. That's just mm-hmm. crazy to think. And and since then, they've released. They've made Into the Spider Verse. They've made and connected that um that's been postponed but it looks really promising and they 
basically they recently won an Oscar for the short Hair Love, and you know, and mm-hmm. and and then they come out with this Wish Dragon, and you know, it, it's it's amazing how far they've come since that. I mean, like, I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, even, I... even before um, before the Emoji Movie, Sony Sony Pictures has has always kind of been um, at at least on like the mid up like upper mid tier for me at least because you know i i get a lot of i have a lot of fun with the hotel transylvania um franchise oh yeah um, super funny Climbing films. with a chance of meatballs is like a great first film for lord and miller mm-hmm. um surf's up is a great movie yeah better is that, is that too it's really good, actually. You you would think like because it came out during a time of like Happy Feet and March of the Penguins, but th- there's some. It's actually really good. You you wouldn't think it is, it would be, but it is good. Definitely uh, check it out. And and yes, the the Emoji Movie was not good. It, it's that's not rocket science. It was pushed through a very forced and rushed development. And it was going to be dead on arrival, no matter what happens. But I think Sony is now becoming the studio that's more willing to try out different art styles than any other studio. I mean, we can see that with Connected coming out. And, like, I, I'm rooting for Wish Dragon. Same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, are we ready to finally talk about the Annecy Film Festival? Yes, let's yeah. do this. All right. So this is like, to me as an animation fan, my E3. Like E3 is for video games. This is for animation to make an easy like definition for what Annecy is. I mean, granted, it's a place in France, but it's the Annecy International Film Festival. This has been going on for decades they uh, solely focus on animation and because of, you know, everything going on, um, the festival is going online this year. So it, and you can go like, depending on what kind of experience you want out of the festival, there are two tiers. There's just the festival stuff. Like you get to see the films, the shorts, the work in progress, and then there's the MIFA uh, section, which is like more for the business side of things. Like you see lesson, like online lessons, uh, pitches for new films or shows or specials. And it, it's definitely like more of like if you work in the industry, you pay for that one. But for anyone who wants to just enjoy the movies, um, it basically costs like 10 to 16 bucks, like translated from you know, French money to English money. <laughs> um, but I will say before we get to the selection, I don't, this is the problem with some of the film festivals I follow. This is the same thing I have with animation as film. They do not have a good uh, communication of when they're about to announce stuff and then like get all the details out. It's, it's been really tough to just be like, okay, since this is going to go online, 
are you guys going to just show a bunch of films that you've pre- previously shown or is it going to be new films? Well, luckily it's new films, but it's it's just been tough knowing, like hearing the information and it only coming out only when it's been like getting closer and closer to when the festival is happening, which is from June 15th to the 30th. So you still have two weeks or so. Um, but this is one of my favorite stuff to follow. I usually make a preview guide of like, hey, here's what I think looks interesting at the festival. And many of the Oscar-nominated uh, animated films and many of the Annie Award-winning films go through here first. You know, like uh, Loving Vincent, The Breadwinner, Mirai. Um, the, I think The Tales of Princess Kaguya um, came through here also. But, um, like, it's just, like, if you love foreign animation and you want to know kind of, like, what's, well, like, what are the big hyped products, you follow what, what's going on on Annecy, uh, like, what's going to be playing there. For this podcast, we're going to be talking about four different sections. We're going to be talking about the official feature films in competition category, the Contra Champ uh, category, the Work in Progress category and one film uh, in the making of category. We're going to start with the feature films. These are the films out of 76 films that were submitted, um, the ones that made it through. And the first one we're going to talk about is from Japan. Now, um, this one is called Seven Days War. It's about a. It's based on the young adult novel Seven Day Seven Days War. It's a. Um, this is the description on the Annecy page. It's a summer adventure story about Mamoru and his classmates getaway and their friendship, which is put to the test when adults start chasing them. It. Um, there's been a trailer release for the film, and it looks like something is up. It looks like a coming of age story, and it. It's being directed by Yuta Murano who if you are a uh, uh, Isekai anime fan and you know and you've seen the first season of how not to summon a demon lord he was the director of that uh first season he's not returning for the second season but that's neither here nor there we're talking about the movie so mm-hmm. any thoughts about 7 days war um look it looks it looks nice um I, I, I like the sort of um, com- coming of age uh, approach to the story. And um, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen this director's pre- previous work yet, but I, I, do, I do like the um, like that sort of modern uh, animation style. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Kiana, what do you think? Yeah, same here. I I really like the style of it. I like the 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 whole aesthetic is very colorful. It's very cool, very slick. Um, it's the story kind of. It struck me as being a little bit on the timely side for some reason. Like it, I know it's like a high school sort of like the the adolescents run away and and like the adults chase after them and stuff. But mm-hmm. for some reason that struck me as being kind of timely because of the whole like idea of like maybe they're 
they're like hitting back at traditionalism or something it just kind of i don't know something about it just sort of made me think of that theme yeah no uh the trailer talks about something that happened uh between mamado and his classmates or at least one of his classmates and they're not entirely saying what happened i'm hoping nobody got accidentally killed um (laughs) um god yeah but um i think it will it will look it looks interesting because there's definitely something a little more there because obviously mm-hmm. from the trailer, they say this is not the first seven day war. So it, it, I'm yeah. going to be curious to see what happens. Uh, Jacob, have any thoughts? Um, It looks cool. Um, Yeah. It's interesting to see um young kids being caught up in so much drama and like clearly a lot of bad shit is happening. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah i think like i think like you said keon i think it does have potential to be timely um yeah it, there's not much more i can add you know it, it looks very nice i i love the backgrounds like it does kind of mm-hmm. look do the backgrounds look a little more photorealistic than usual to you guys yeah i, I kind of noticed that hey a yeah. lot of films i think are trying to capture that makoto shinkai background exactly that's what it was yeah no um that that's gonna happen a lot because your name when your name was released oh my gosh every animation studio in japan wanted a your name and we got like a silent voice fireworks and uh Mm. i want to eat your pancreas which is actually a really sad movie and it's not about it's not about zombies so just ignore the title (laughs) so yeah i've heard of it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to skip uh, Bigfoot Family. And like I said, this is just what I find interesting. If people who liked uh, 2018 Son of Bigfoot, which is not related to Missing Link or Abominable or Smallfoot, this is from a uh, this is a sequel to a film that came out direct to video here. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, the next one we're going to move on to is called Calamity, the story of Martha Jane Canary. This is being directed by Remy uh, Chaye. Uh, this is a French and Denmark production. And if Remy Chaye and the art style looks familiar, they were the uh, t- director. Uh, he was the director of the film from 2016, Long Way North, which is a great film. I think everyone should just watch that movie. Um, so as if the name didn't give it away uh it's about a young uh calamity jane or as uh let's Mm -hmm. uh the description says 1863 a convoy in the american west martha jane needs to learn how to take care of horses to drive the family wagon except she ends up wearing pants and cutting her hair the scandal that it it start uh it, it stark character provokes will force her to face all the dangers in a gigantic and wild world where everything is possible. All right, so Mike, we'll go. We'll start with you. What do you think? Um, I'm kind of sad I I couldn't find a trailer for this one. But as as someone who love who loves westerns and is especially fascinated with um, Calamity Jane, mm-hmm. this this one just seems mm-hmm. seems right up my alley. Um, and I've I've also kind of been saying like for a while that. I want to see more uh, like animated westerns, 
mm-hmm. because first of all, the Western genre um, itself is kind of under underrated uh, by today's standards. Like it, right. it used to, it used to be, you know, a bigger deal, um, like in the fifties to the seventies, but you know, now it's kind of, it's a little bit more niche, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited to see, um, like what, what this director can do with the genre. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the biggest hurdles of following foreign animation is that they don't release trailers like how Hollywood does. It's like, we might have a pitch trailer to show you maybe a teaser, but an official trailer is unfortunately not found. And to find the tech demo trailer for this, you have to go to some, some sites and, um, Kiona, what do you think? I thought it looked really interesting. Um, visual style. I'm kind of liking it. Um, I like the fact that it's a Western, like Mike said, and I like that. I like the main character. Like she seems like an interesting, uh, you know, just she's going to be a narrative force in this, which I find very interesting. And also, you know, it always gets me when they challenge gender norms and these types of things. Like, I like the fact that it's like, it's like, except she ends up wearing pants and cutting her hair and she looks like a, a little boy, you know, and she kind of like does Thing, yeah stuff that, that a little girl would not normally do. So I think that that was interesting. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, I watched Long Way North to prepare for this podcast, and I really liked it. I am, I I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be a more swashbuckling Indiana Jones type of adventure movie, and that mm-hmm. really wasn't the case with that one. It was a very somber, very meditative, very low key animated, and I really liked that. I liked. How it was a girl power movie, but not a cliched Hollywood sort of thing. You know, it was a, mm-hmm. um, it, it was it was a very melancholic. It was surprisingly melancholic. I will say it was a yeah, it, it was a very deep, very um, introspect movie. It was just, I was a very mature. It's very, and I I love the art style too. I love like characters that don't have outlines. So like all the characters and from this and. An- from these two movies they they kind of look like blobs of color if, and that that mm-hmm. just, i just i just find that really appealing it's, it's like something you you'd see in a in a kid's book i i always love it I, I love that when anime movies just look like um a book you'd see at a at an elementary school library and i i think this has potential as well i i'm if this is anything like long way north it's gonna be really cool yeah no um I, I think a lot of people get kind of caught off guard by the art style. Like I showed the uh, long way North to my family and then they're kind of like, eh, I don't know. And I'm just kind of like, you got to sit with it. And then they ended up loving it at the end. Um, the character designs are really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very, yeah. one of the things about foreign animation is that they're more willing to try out different art styles. Like if you complain mm-hmm. about like uh, how every quote unquote Hollywood animated film looks the same, which I, I get it. I'm not saying that those comments aren't justified, but just look, go look at the foreign animation scene, especially stuff coming out of Europe. Um, they got some great stuff coming out. So we move from Fr- uh, France and Denmark to Russia, a country that has had a very fruitful uh, animation history 
a lot of propaganda, but still very fruitful. Uh, there, this film is called Ginger's Tale. Um, it's about a... So here's the description. Potter, a kind and poor guy, finds a magical artifact called the Stone of Fire that makes him rich and uh, mean. The evil queen decides to kill him so she can take the Stone of Fire. Only a girl called Ginger can save Potter with her devotion. Yeah, sorry, I'm. Re- I have to read a lot of this from a trans from it. Not the best translations. So, um, I think this looks interesting. It's to, it's a two D animated film, and it looks very hand drawn, which is very it like. There's a certain style and vibe that you get from seeing stuff that was like hand drawn, like when you saw Klaus. Like you would say, there's a different vibe to that film than say uh, you saw the Willoughbys and whatnot. Um, okay, Mike, what did you think? I. I really like the um, very classic design uh, design of these characters. It, re- it reminds me of um, a lot of the movies from like the Disney Renaissance or like Don- like the Don Bluth era. Mm-hmm. Um, that that and another film we'll get to later. Um, I I'm really I'm really liking um, how like these like these foreign animation studios. Are kind of are kind of um, they're in they're influenced by by what's come before, but but kind of incorporate sort of a, like a modern, you know, modern storytelling elements to it. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's a, just a general thought I had about like all the trailers that I watched that, um, like like they they each had their own un- like unique take on animation. It wasn't. There was there wasn't like a stock like, um, like a stock um, character model for for any one film. Like they all, like they all have their own identity, which is really cool. Yeah, no. Um, a lot of the times, uh, most foreign animated films will look very distinct from one another. Not to say that this is like with every animated film that comes out from. Um, other non-US countries. There's a lot of garbage that like you see Lionsgate bring over. Um mm-hmm. all right, so uh Kiona, what did you think? Um it looked very interesting to me. So I would say that for me the animation style reminded me a little bit of Don Bluth. Uh, yeah, of. I can I absolutely see that. Yeah, it just it and it reminded me a little bit of of like, you know, like the main character's design reminded me a little bit of Milo from um Atlantis. It does. Yeah, I, kind of. I absolutely see that also. Yeah, so it was it, it's uh it's an intriguing story. Um it's it's not anything that we haven't seen before, but it's intriguing and it's the animation's really really good. Yeah, I like, I really smooth. I think the coloring of the f- animation looked a little off to me. But it also, it's just dragging up, like, all the memories of, like, when digital coloring was new. And, like, this was before people put shadows in. We're like, oh, hey, we don't need to choose the most garish colors to brighten everything and just ruin the designs because we're working on a smaller budget. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, 
I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening in the trailer. I was kind of more distracted, like, because they didn't have any subtitles. I was like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. You know, um, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a little bit of it right now. And, you know, what, what you guys said, I do, it has kind of warmed up to me. Like, I can see why you guys can see the appeal in mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if Russia has really um, had um, a good track record when it comes to animated movies like other countries have. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the last I hear the really um, critically acclaimed anime movie from Russia was The Snow Queen from the 50s. Mm -hmm. Um, That that was actually the movie that inspired Miyazaki, which that's a little fun fact for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But... It, it, you know, right. it looks um, okay. Let... Alrighty. Um, let's move on to the next film. A film from Poland um, called Kill It and Leave This Town. Such an uplifting name. Uh, <laughs> so this is a, a uh, 2D film that's um, that uses also some CGI or computer tech to give, to give this film a very papercraft um 2d storybook look also kind of looks like you know doodles that you put in your high school textbook and whatnot um so um this one's being directed by uh Marie-Louise Wilczynski I apologize if I did not say that name correctly the description says fleeing from despair after losing those dearest to him the hero hides in a safe land of memories over the years, a city grows in his imagination. Literary heroes and cartoon childhood idols come to li- come to live there, uninvited. When our hero discovers that all have grown old and that eternal youth does not exist, he decides he decides to return to real life. This is when we get, start to get to the more uh, artsy choices of animated animated films in the festival. There's a mix of family-friendly... Like, it, there's something there for everyone. Obviously, this one is a little geared towards the art crowd and the adult crowd. Uh, Michael, let's start with you. What did you think? Um, of, of all the more artsier uh, trailers I watched, this one might yeah. actually be my favorite. Um, because... I, I, I don't know why, but I am really kind of drawn, no pun intended, mm-hmm. to this this uh, <laughs> sketchbook uh, aesthetic. There's there's just there's just something very. Maybe, maybe it's just it's just like the description of the story also kind of has me fascinated too. Um, right. But this this movie is kind of a, like the perfect example of. Um, the limit, like the limitless possibilities, uh, when it comes to animation, and how even even like the like the most um, like e- like even this kind of uh, design, like the designs of characters that are very very sketchy, mm-hmm. um, like you you can there's still there's still like the narrative potential for for something really special. Yeah, um, we'll talk about this in one of the Contrachamp uh, films in the, in that category. But a lot of the times, 
a lot of foreign animation films run the risk of being a little too much about the style than the substance. And uh, it can get very grating if you are not up to the, up to this kind of film. And I think there's definitely, I, I agree, I think there's a lot of story potential. Kiona, what did you think? Um, it's interesting tonally, like watching the trailer the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't think I'm into this. And then the second time I saw it, um, it, it made a lot more sense. And I like where they're going with the story. I think it's an interesting, very introspective take. Um, and also dark, like surprising. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's not typical fair. So I thought it was interesting and, and intriguing enough that I definitely want to see the, the film. Um, the style is very different for me, so I don't know how I'm going to respond to like a long film version of that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the story itself, I think it's going to be very uh, revealing or enlightening. You know, I would say that. Yeah, and I like the I like the the techniques that are used for this one. So yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, a lot of another advantage that a lot of foreign animation has is that they're not tied down to like oh we gotta be a pg family movie mm -hmm. and exactly and this is one of those films where it's like oh yeah you do not want your kids to watch this they will be confused and terrified <laughs> uh severed head talking about the nature of evil yeah uh yeah. jacob any thoughts um actually what the art style kind of reminded me of was um mouse um that graphic novel mm -hmm. you guys remember mouse Alrighty. Um, now I'm sure there's probably like a small chanting crowd behind me, so we'll oh, um, we'll move. Oh, go ahead. What? Oh wait. Um, actually, it, it reminded me of um, Mouse. Um, by Arts. Um, Art Spiegelman. Um, you 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 are aware of that, right? The the graphic novel. Um, about the Holocaust and how the cats were the Nazis and the Jews were the mice. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I don't know why, but, um, yeah, um, actually, like, like you guys said, um, it, it, it's, it definitely looks different. Like, I'm, I'm all for anime movies that have a darker tone, like, um, even if I, I'm not completely enthralled to them at first, when I first see them, like, um, right. like, This Magnificent Cake, I watched just recently, I was like, this is a very very weird movie. Um, it, mm -hmm. I, don't know, I don't know how many of our listeners have have even heard of it, but um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I, as I kept thinking about it, thing it really grew on me. Um, as surreal movies tend to, and I think this has potential as well. I, I'm willing to give this one a shot. Awesome. Well. We shall travel back to the land of the rising sun because there's probably people wondering if like talk about Lupin the third to first because one of the biggest highlights of the official selection is the gentleman thief himself Lupin the third in his first ever CGI venture called well Lupin the third the first. Um, the famous Lupin and his motley crew joined forces with the young Letitia, I don't know how, if I said that name correctly, to steal uh, a very special diary um, 
that um, even his uh, Lupin's grandfather was not able to steal. So kind of pretty typical fare, but a lot of the hype for this is the fact that it's like we've just said on like a broken record. Uh, it's his first CGI venture and it looks amazing. Like at least for like Japanese animation. Um, they're not really known for their CGI film fare. There's a, there are a few films out there, but it's, there's not a whole lot to compare and contrast. And you can absolutely not compare this to the TV CGI animation because that's an entirely different beast. This film is directed by Takashi Yamazaki, who recently, uh, earlier this year, and well, I guess last year since it was released there first, and then here in February on Netflix, was the director for Dragon Quest Your Story. So, oh. um, I don't, and I don't like that film, but do not uh do not judge the the director's talent on that one film going into this one so uh mike any thoughts um the the very first thing this this trailer reminded me of is uh the adventures of tintin in yeah. like in term yeah. in terms of to to my knowledge i don't think this is a a Lupin the Third origin story, like it's not, it's not a reboot. No, it's just Lupin the Third plays uh, fast and loose with continuity. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Don't... Yeah, um, that that just adds to my point um, about Tintin. How it just, it just kind of feels like this movie is another adventure. Um, and that's and that's what I liked about about the adventures of Tintin as well. Like it's it's a movie that just like it just puts you right right in the middle. And you're you're just spending you're you're just spending like, um, like a day in the in the life of these characters. Um, now I, I'll I'll admit I'm not like the biggest Lupin the Third fan. I'm I'm a casual at best, mm-hmm. but I am very excited to see how this property translates to uh, to CG animation. Yeah, and uh, one thing I want to comment is that like, I don't mean to drag Scoob into this. But I, I, I knew Scoop would come up at some point. <laughs> I think Lupin the Third to First is the Yeah, no, and I feel bad about that. But um Lupin the Third to First is the proper way to bring a 2D franchise into CGI. When you watch the trailer, it gets all the little mannerisms correct. Like when uh you see Lupin jump out of a group of cops that dogpiled him and he like shimmies upwards snaps the uh waistband on his boxers back like it it's not trying to be realistic even though the texture work looks a little more realistic the cartoon designs still look like lupin fujiko jigen uh goemon zinigata they still all look like they belong there and now it's just it's the it's just how you bring it that property to life uh kiona any thoughts no weird, like, sort of photorealistic, like, Simon Cowell faces in this Ugh, That That movie's oh, never going to yeah. live that down. Uh, but yeah, any thoughts yeah, about the about trailer that. or what, how the film looks itself? So Lupin the Third, not a character I'm very familiar with, actually. Like, I, I haven't seen any of the Lupin the Third movies, actually. But from what I saw of the trailer here, um, it looks really, really good. Like, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. Like, I've seen, like 
you know, little videos on YouTube and stuff like that. So the, the translation of the animation, like you said, from 2D to 3D is actually really, really good. Um, I also thought that like the humor was spot mm-hmm. on. It, it, it made sense for a loop in the third movie to, to, to move and to feel the way that it does. Like the tone was really good. And yeah, I'm, I'm on board for this one. I think this is the best one out of the, out of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people are excited about this. The one drawback and concern is that since this is going online, they have yet to say Mm. which films are going to be viewable in full, or if you're just going to get us like 10 or so minutes of it, because they have to work around with some legal distribution things with other countries, which I understand, but it, if this is not one of those films that you get to see in full, I'm going to, I'm going to get grumpy. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm yeah. going to get there. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, I actually, I have watched the castle of Cagliostro, which is Hayao Miyazaki's first movie on, um, and I just want to close. I met the guy who was the voice for Lupin, um, in that film, David Hayter at a comic con recently. And, he even he didn't know that it was a Miyazaki movie. He for when he was brought on to record it, he only thought after the fact. And I I just want because when am I gonna get a chance to uh, mention this again? But um, it it looks awesome. The CGI movie it looks really cool. I love the I love how they remember that it's a loop on movie, so it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's actually people may say that Lupin's like the James Bond of anime. He's really more like the Robin Hood of anime in a sense. Like he is, he he is a scoundrel flat out. He is um, mm-hmm. um he's a thief exactly. So um, I, I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It looks a lot of fun. The action scenes look incredible. Um, it, it's actually rumored that Spielberg was influenced by Castle Cagliostro to make the car chase in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, I believe could, that. I believe yeah. that. Like you, mm-hmm. like for people who are not familiar with the franchise, there's a it's a, a bit of rough waters of getting into Lupin the Third, just because it's like, where do you start? There are TV specials, OVAs, multiple TV series. Start with Castle Cagliostro. Not just because it's Miyazaki, but it's like the most like easy to get into movie. Um, you can buy it on uh, from Discotech Media, worth every penny. It's it's such a fun movie, and um, for Miyazaki's first film that went through a really really short production, like I th- if I remember correctly, they did not have a whole lot of time to make this movie, which is you know. A criticism you can aim at the anime industry but that's not the point here um just watch that movie but yeah lupin the third to first is probably the most high uh like the most oh like aware film of like people are aware of um out of the annecy lineup so we move from japan to chile and brazil with nahuel and the magic book nahuel lives with his father in a fishing town yet he has a deep fear of the sea. One day he finds a magical book that seems to be the solution to it, to this problem, but a dark sorcerer is after it and captures Nahuel's father. This is when his journey to rescue his father and overcome his fears begin. So South America does not have a very popular animation scene, or at least from what I've seen, it's kind of hit and miss. And then some of the stuff that does come out of there, 
is notorious for like internet reasons. Um, though, if you had to watch a film from Brazil, watch Tito and the Birds. That's a great way. That's a great place to start. And boy, the world. now the there was no trailer for this, but there, but there, but there was a uh, teaser trailer for Nahuel. And if you look at the the page for it, uh, the film on the website, you can tell it went through a uh, art direction change. It looks less f- from the storybook style look to more of like uh, Hilda and Steven Universe. Um, Mike, thoughts? I, w- I was just going to bring up Hilda as um, a- as like an example of what, what the art style remind me of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, th- th- this 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 story this story looks looks really good um it look it looks like it's it's probably gonna be one of those movies that tries to balance between like um between like the like the light character designs but with like a dark like a like a dark like th- like, like yeah darker dark tone. thematic elements mm-hmm. and i think i think that's sort of that's like kind 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 of the way a lot of uh a lot of animated films and tv sh- series um are heading towards anyway yeah no and i know there's a lot of like well i don't know how how to properly phrase this but there's a lot of people online who take issue with this art style and they need to get over it mm-hmm. every decade ha- of animation has had a very distinct art style going all the way back to when animation began everything looked like that whole uh, rubber hose thing and then in the 60s you had everything that looked like underdog and rocky and bullwinkle even though half of those shows were you know made by two different people and then like, of course the 70s and 80s when hanna barbera was at their strongest uh a lot of shows used the same art design and character like teams of people who worked on multiple sh- shows from that time period and the uh unfortunate term that's been uh thrown around is the cal art style even though the people who make shows like steven universe did not go to cal arts and the the term was coined by a guy who is now blacklisted from the industry and had sexual um assault charges against him so yeah i wouldn't really want to die on that hill of I was anyone wanting to complain about this art style. Not to say that you have to love it. I understand. But just know where some stuff like this comes from. Uh, Kiona, thoughts? Uh, pitch trailer looked interesting. Story sounds interesting. I, I'm I'm in for it. Um, yeah, the character designs, it's a little, for me, it's a, it's a little bit younger skewing, yeah. maybe. But uh, but I'll I'll give it a shot. Open yeah, no. Um, we need to see. Like, I'm all for supporting Brazil and like Mexico and such for uh, their animation scene. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts before we move on? Um, it, it looks cool. I, I, it's interesting that you guys brought up Hilda. That that wasn't really think of, about all. It does look a little more polished than Hilda. I think it. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if I would I I thematically it's similar to Hilda, but 
Over, I think it does have a more painterly aspect to it. Um, it, it's it's it, it it does it has it's more subdued. It's more. I think yeah. it's. I don't know. I don't know how um similar it is in terms of how they present these magical elements, but yeah, it it it, it, it looks a little darker than Hilda. I will say that. Yeah, no, we'll we'll have to see. Like I said, a lot of the times it's hard to find information or footage of the of these kind of films, so we're kind of going in blind. I don't know anything. I hope it's good. So, uh, one of the last two films in the main competition category is called Petite Vampire or Little Vampire. This is a two D animated film from France, directed by Jean Safar, who is a illustration. Her, uh, individual and animator and uh, director whose previous work includes the uh, uh, the film he helped produce called Aya of Yop City and the 2013 uh, film he directed called The Rabbi's Cat, both of which are now available from G Kids. Unfortunately, there was no trailer for this film and any footage that you may have found on YouTube are for a TV series or like a web series. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like this is what the final product looks like. And plus they were uploaded like a decade ago. So unfortunately we do not have a lot of information yeah. about this one, but um, I trust this director. I think he's put out some good or at the very least very interesting work. Um, If you want to find like maybe what of like what the film will look like, IMDb has a few photos of it. Just do not type in little vampire trailer there are just so many trailer videos of this one cgi vampire film because of it has like the same name for some reason mm-hmm. so um does anyone have any thoughts before we move on because i like i apologize about this one not having a lot of information i i just want to say that i fell into the trap of finding the wrong petite vampire <laughs> because when i when i tried to look for a trailer it um, the first thing that came up was episodes of that web series. Mm-hmm. So um, this is kind of another one where I share your frustration with, um, you know, these movies not really having inf- like sufficient information to, you know, to, yeah, to- you know, build, build hype and awareness. Yeah. And unfortunately mm-hmm. that's, the problem right now and i'm sure after this podcast goes up they'll be like hey we got a trailer and it's just like oh my gosh um if, if there is one yeah, I'll, yeah. Edit. I'll edit in the show notes yeah but they had me at his trusted bulldog Fantomato. oh i for i did not talk about the story i apologize about that yeah the, the plot yeah little vampire lives in a haunted house with a merry group of monsters but he is bored stiff one night he secretly sneaks out of the manor along with his trusted bulldog phantom mato on a quest to find some new friends it looks cute i think it's definitely had me that trust yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um J- I, I don't know how one lives in a haunted house with a merry group of monsters but is bored stiff <laughs> well i i would i would think that that would be a lot i i guess fun. dracula's daughter from hotel transylvania can give us a point of reference <laughs> yeah oh, that's true. um so uh jacob any thoughts or should we just move on to the last film 
Yeah, I'm actually I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's had problems looking up information for this. Um you know, um you know, yeah. I, I I have seen um the Rabbi's cat and Aya of Yob City and like this Jones Far guy, he tends to have a sort of um satirical elements, like there's a lot of commentary to his work and I'm I'm interested to see if he does bring any of that to this one. Um, I, I think, we'll just, this is a wait and see. I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm not dreading it. We'll just have to wait and see. It's a definite maybe for me. Alrighty then. So, final film in the competition category is called The Nose or The Conspiracy of Mavericks. A Russian 2D film uh, using uh, 2D animation and cutouts, kind of like a Terry Gilliam cartoon or like the Monty Python stuff. Um, the story goes to Stalin's reign of terror in Russia during the first half of this 20th century, described using a combination of historical settings, biographies, and masterpieces from Russian avant-garde artists, composers, and writers from the totalitarianism, uh, totalitarianism period. So, only a clip is available from this, but it looks a little may, maybe bonkers, to put it lightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> any thoughts, Mike? Um, when one of your characters is a nose, <laughs> you, you kind of have to you kind of have to brace yourself. Yeah, now a uh, Russia animation has a very good history. Uh, or like bountiful history of satirical comment, political commentary and uh, parody. So this is definitely something not new to the country. Um, Kiona, any thoughts? Totally not really my thing. Um, because I, I, I think I lack the background to really understand what they're trying to satirize. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This is the one where it's like out of all the ones that, that we've talked about and that we've kind of seen this, this is the, the film where I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to entirely get this one. No, um, that's the problem with a lot of Russian animated films that decide to tackle political commentary. It's very of the time. Mm -hmm. So you better know what you're getting into or else you're just going to be confused. Hope. But I like the idea mm -hmm. behind it. I like the idea that they're satirizing like totalitarianism and, and things yeah, yeah. like that. Because, yeah. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Well, this kind of reminded me of was uh, the works of Michelle Osolo, um, Kiyokiri and the Sorcerer, and uh, Azua Nazmar, I think, was another film he did. Did, did you get that vibe? Yeah, yeah. Cameron? Cameron, did you? Um, like I said, it's I like the idea of what's basically a a feature length political cartoon about to, I, mm -hmm. I think I think that's one way to to bring um a graphic style to animation uh, yeah I'm, I'm 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 interested to see and I I wonder if it's going to be any timely um if they'll if they'll ever hint on what's going on right now between the USA and Russia you know um mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah. that it will we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's it's All right. So Yeah, go ahead. Uh yeah, it's that's that's right. mostly what we can say about for all of these movies. 
Queen's team. Yeah, you're gonna have. Yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of the motto for this episode of the podcast. You're gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> and as if we get a chance to actually right. see these movies. Yeah, yeah. So the next category we'll be talking about is the uh, Contrachamp category, which is the category for films um, of, of the animation variety, of course, that challenge the uh, medium and the visual um, style of animation and like what you could consider animation. So this is where we're probably going to get a lot of the more indie art house stuff. The first film is again, uh, is from Croatia. It's called the accidental luxuriance of the translucent watery rebuse. That's a mouthful of a title. <laughs> um, that's that's the winner for yeah. best right there. <laughs> this is um what like the trailer for it by director uh Dalibor Beric, who has made uh shorts uh before. You can go to uh the director's Vimeo page and uh watch clips of the shorts and then the trailer on at top. Uh the description goes Martin tried to fight the system and now he's on the run. Sarah is a con- a conceptual artist. Together, they join the revolutionary commune in the countryside. The police are on their trail. Inspector Ambrose knows the right questions are more important than the answers, because maybe none of this is true. This is the one I'm Hmm. the most, like, this looks style over substance. The visual uh, flair of the film is a little much, and I'm worried that the story is going to get lost under the visuals. And you don't really want that to happen because if I'm confused about what's going on, or it's just like, I'm confused about what I'm seeing on screen, then I'm going to lose interest. Uh, Any thoughts? I have, I have similar concerns. um, But at the same time, I, I was also just kind of, hypnotized by the style so i don't i don't think i would i don't think i would see myself lose losing interest in the feature film um proper Mm -hmm. but i am i do have concerns that like that this is going to be one of those movies that's a little bit too too heady to style over substance Mm -hmm. yeah uh, Kiona, any thoughts? It reminds me of the sort of like the the CG incidental movies that you would see in like or or like the the CGI sort of um, that you would see in like a Fallout game for some oh, reason. Yeah, and it reminds me of like uh, um, oh god, what was I thinking of? Oh yeah, so this game that came out last year that was called Control oh, yeah. that had that weird sort of almost 1950s ish kind of feel Mm -hmm. to it so visually it's interesting it looks almost live action yeah because of the rotoscoping Mm -hmm. i think they do use rotoscope um yeah no that yeah rotoscope and as they describe it diverse techniques diverse techniques (laughs) um very uh intriguing but i don't know if i'll it's again it might be a little over my head so uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, it looks cool. Um, I'm not. I, I'm even. I don't mind movies that are just pure style. Um, 
I, I do mm-hmm. think that movies like this, they do have substance. You just have to squint a little more than usual to see it. Um, mm-hmm. But and I'm, and I'll, or sometimes maybe you just want to see some cool stuff, some collage. And uh, sometimes I, I just into that sort of thing. So I, I want to give this one a shot. It's a, it's a, a feature length collage that's kind of reminiscent of like ex- very experimental college shorts. Um, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I I, I want to check it out. I want to check, you know. I just you know, because sometimes I just yeah. want to see cool visual shit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, sometimes you just want to sit back, smoke some pot, and then see what happens. Um, Marriage. So, our next film. Yeah, yeah. So our next film is from South Korea. It's called Beauty Water, and this was a pain to find information on because. You will be led through a uh, rabbit hole of beauty products and what looks like to be a very bad uh, romantic comedy. Except when you look at the page that uh, Beauty Water is on, the film directed by Kyung Hoon Cho, there's a woman standing there and then way off in the corner, there is a horrifying corpse standing there. The description, it says... Uh, beauty water looks like a common skin cosmetic oh yeah you don't say but unlike the other cosmetics people can sculpt their skin with it like molding clay and change their appearance an ordinary girl yeji comes across the beauty water by chance and her endless desire to be the most beautiful woman brings her unimaginable disaster so yeah this is going to be a horror movie there's no other way to look at this this looks creepy this is yep. and unfortunately there's no trailer for it so you the image that you see on the page is the only thing we can reference it looks interesting and that's kind of something you don't see in animation is horror or more like scarier elements it's usually dialed mm-hmm. back for like like family friendly or kid friendly halloween specials but this yeah if your kids see this movie they're probably going to have nightmares for, for a while <laughs> um it, it reminds me of like a Twilight Zone kind of concept. I thought about uh, Batman the Animated Series with Clayface. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, Clayface, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, um, so unfortunately, there's... there's a, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There, there's a there's a comic that's called... I, I think it's called mm-hmm. Beauty? Which is basically about something similar to this. Like, it sounds like a very similar yeah, yeah. plot to me. But yeah, it's it's uh it looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah. I'm in for it. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Character designs look awesome. So, um, Jacob, any thoughts? It's obviously a critique on the cosmetics industry. Um, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, horror. I'm all for. Yeah, horror is a genre that's really underused in animation. You know, and that's such a shame because. You know, with all the kind of visual stuff you can do, utilize animation for, and and horror, you can come with some really scary visuals, and to see, like no one run with that, it's it's a shame. And hell yeah, I'm all for animated horror. Bring it on! I want to check this out. Alrighty, so our next film is a unique Hold one. On. I, there's there's one thing I want to point out. Oh, go um, ahead. So I'm I'm not too familiar with South Korea's um, and like anim- animation scene, mm-hmm. but between between this and the 
animated sequel to Train to Busan. Yeah, I would love it if if South Korea kind of leaned in on horror um, for an, for animation. Right, and like, and that's why I'm really rooting for for this one to to succeed because we we kind of we kind of need more of that in the medium. Right, right, I agree. So we're gonna move from a one kind of horror to another with um, a film from uh, Latvia and Norway called My Favorite War, directed by Ize Bukowska Jacobson. And this is a unique one because it's partially a documentary style film, but it's told through these visuals of 2D cutout characters. Uh, this is a personal story of the director, Ize, growing up in the Cold War, uh, Cold War Latvia, uh, USSR. It's a coming-of-age story, a personal escape route from the mighty authoritarian regime's brainwashing. An anti-war film emphasizing the importance of an individual's freedom be- being a democratic society's fundamental right. So, despite its children's book-style looks, it's going to have some heavy themes to talk about thoughts yeah yeah this one this one just based on the sound of it um it it's gonna it's gonna be a heavy one yeah there's it's tough to talk about like there was a film either two annecies ago called another day of life um which was about a uh, polish journalist going through africa during a rebellion or a war and um it's definitely like something that um you can see animation tackling because of the visual style uh visual uh freedom that it um comes with it uh any other thoughts y'all this was one where on the surface level it didn't quite grab me because it it reminded me a little bit of flash Mm -hmm. animation but um looking at the story though it definitely is uh is one that i want to give a shot um yeah so normally i try to keep out all of the film like the weirdest uh or i'm sorry jacob do you have anything to add yeah um also another documentary that we should talk about is uh waltz of Bashir. uh mm-hmm. uh um did, did you guys did you get that um okay um uh, Walter Bashir, that's an animated move. It's another document that utilizes yeah. the documentary style really well. And it's 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 something that does work surprisingly well. Animation documentary. People don't wouldn't think that those two really blend together perfectly, but yeah, I, I I'm interested to see. You know, it's and like you said, the heavier themes, it it's gonna help uh, make this movie stand out and yeah. And, Yep, it's definitely a, a darker style. Yeah. Uh, visually, it does look very dark, and it, it mm-hmm. fits perfectly with it. And it's it's inter- it's a more cartoony style because you'd expect an anime documentary to look a little, um, more realistic. But they are using like real yeah. footage for this too. And yeah, um, animation documentary on the way, baby. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Uh, normally I try to keep out the weird movies, the ones that are like the absolute weirdest, maybe, maybe a little too weird for our own good. And I try to keep out like some of the more 
family friendly fodder because you come to Annecy for the unique stuff. Um, you really can't get more unique than Old Man the Movie, which is a stop motion film from <laughs> Estonia, directed by Miki Majai and Oscar Le- uh, Lehema, um, which is about a old man who has a prized cow that gets stolen. And the whole plot and the stakes are if this old man doesn't milk this cow, the cow's going to go off like a bomb. What? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... uh, On like a visual level, it looks a little off. It looks a little limited. Like, you don't hear the voice... You don't see the lip flaps move. It's a wildly like oh my gosh what is this movie kind of thing um but yeah <laughs> so you look i just felt bad for the cow <laughs> <save>. <laughs> yeah. the, the cow's like, like yeah no uh, it's a weird movie i don't know yeah um i don't know how well received this movie is going to be and i hope it leans into the whole absurdity of the situation I I almost contemplated not putting it on the list, but I felt like we got to have one laugh. Um, Lactopolis, uh, Lactopolis. Yeah, it's just. Uh, um, did it? Wow. Did anyone? I, I, I don't know. Um, did anyone watch the trailer with subtitles or no? Because the one the the one that I Cameron the one the link that you sent me did not have subtitles, mm-hmm. so I have no context to any of what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the problem. That some of these don't have subtitles, and so you kind of had to like look at the description, and uh, yeah. So, so oh, we're almost done with this. I apologize that this is a very beefy episode. Um, so let's go back to Japan again with a film that I am been very excited for. It's been going around the festival circuit for since last year, and it's been winning awards uh, in a couple of them. It's called Ongaku R Sound. It's being directed by Kinzi, uh, Kenji Iwaisawa. Um, it's a 2D animated film with some rotoscope mixed into it at points. It's about three Japanese school delinquents who just one day, they just want to start a band. And they end up loving it and, th- and shenanigans ensue from becoming a bigger like a big deal to a rival thug group um or not thug group but a uh, like school delinquents and mm. it to me this is what kind of i think about indie when it comes from japan because it has a very distinct art style that you don't see because er, like anime has such a distinct style and this seems like so anti-anime it's so counter- yeah it's it, it's kind of like uh crayon shin chan kind of designs exactly yes it reminded the, me of the that. main yeah. the main character does kind of look like um the lead from one punch man but that's only, <laughs> that's only the design that's yes. only the the design of um of the head the eye, the eyes though are are something i i don't think i've even seen before yeah no this is a very distinct style and um it, it it's like ever since I've known I've found out about it and seen the uh, trailer, which uh, there are, there's one trailer out there with English subtitles. Um, 
but yeah it this one looks great i think this is the one that looks the best out of the films in the contra shop section and it's definitely it, the it, one- it, it looks like a movie that's very that's very like it has my sensibility and not and not just because it's about mm-hmm. it's about a band yeah no it it's a very charming looking movie um so um our next film um some context every year for annecy a country or continent is like the guest of honor there like uh two years or so ago it was uh china uh last year it was japan and this year is africa unfortunately africa is not fully uh there in terms of like films so the only one that i could find um that's that made in in the running and maybe there's more in the shorts but we're not going to talk about the shorts um it's called the knight and the princess a true story with a fictional twist so like a hollywood oscar bait film um an unwavering young warrior's determination to save abducted women and children from pirates leads him to fall in love with a princess and confront a brutal tyrant and his devious sorcerer. So this is the other movie that I was talking about earlier that that really kind of captures that, um, like that Disney Renaissance slash Don Bluth style. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. Very much. Um, it definitely has a style that's inspired by it. I'm a little worried that the trailer that we got kind of, you know, showed the whole movie because it's a two minute and 31 second long trailer. Hmm. And I'm a little worried about how the story structure is going to go because it looked a little busy and maybe it's just that it's just, that's because the trailer was so long and the animation style is inconsistent because it go, it moves from 2d to CGI depending on certain shots that's so, that's okay. a that's a criticism that I do have like it it looks a bit um it, it looks a bit kind of clunky like the integration of the cg and 2d animation yeah it it reminds me of some of the later direct-to-video disney films that had like uh the fox and the hound 2 where yeah that where it was it was super obvious where the cgi went and not to say that like i'm curious to see yeah it 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 definitely looks like it needed a more consistent art style though i hope the uh directors bashir eldik and ibrahim mosa um i hope the movie's good i hope like if it is watchable and full i hope i enjoy it because africa is having is starting to have a a blooming animation scene from what i've researched and they had a CGI animated film from two years ago or so called Bilal, uh, Bilal that um, that was actually really impressive for a CGI film from that country. So hmm. we're going to move next to China, which has a another bountiful animation scene um, with a film called The Legend of uh, Hei. I, I hope I said that correctly because it's H-E-I. Um it's directed by Ping Zhang, I think so. and it's based off of a uh, web uh, web comic. This one caught a lot of attention because of its really nice two D visuals. The story is yeah, yeah for um, the story is for generations humans had thought that demons were legends, but they actually coexist with us 
Hei is a cat demon who has lived a happy life in the forests and the mountains until the city rampantly expands and the deforestation destroys his homeland. Here, he begins his journey, wandering the world in search of his new home. A problem that I have encountered with uh, animated films from China is that uh, if you watch films like uh, Big Fish and Begonia, it's a very busy movie. A lot of different uh, looking characters and a story that's a little too compact or like it's too like busy for its own good. And seeing the trailer for this, it's it still looks good, but I am worried about how the story is going to go. Any thoughts? Um, That's a, it's a valid concern. Looks cute. Yeah, that's all uh, I have to say. Really, it's just, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I I still want to watch Big Fish and Begonia just because I'm just so interested in seeing a Chinese animated movie that is explicitly Chinese. You know, like because I was another yeah. anime movie that came around that time from China was Rock Dog. <laughs> Oof. What Rock, Rock Dog is <laughs> fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, and and. and and real effects was in charge of that animation so and that that whole film has a whole production history that's interesting so yeah uh um, Keona, any thoughts yeah i i'm i'm in for this one i really like the the 2d art style and and the animation mm-hmm. so very fluid. I, I like how a lot that's of good. films on the, on like these lists are uh 2d animated um yeah so, something Same. something that more countries other than the US are really kind of picking up the slack yeah 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 um so we're going back to south korea with this one called the shaman sorcerer uh, sorceress it's directed by jay hoon An, and it uses uh 2d and 3d visuals to uh tell a story of there is a painting called the shaman sorceress left at my at my home by a mute girl and her father this picture is worth a, a thousand words. Mohua, a shaman, lives with her mute uh, daughter, Nangji, uh, and her husband, and has practiced sh- uh, shamanism for her entire life. One day, her son returns home after several years away and as a converted Christian. This sparks a conflict and drives the family into tragedy. This one's hmm. trailer was not very de- descriptive, of like what the actual story yeah. was it kind of looks like it might be more operatic just from the song that plays but i'm not entirely yeah. sure i don't think this one put yeah. out its best foot forward but again i think a lot of these studios needed to have a trailer by now very good concept though. yeah i i like i like the concept and if it is if it is a musical um that would get me a little bit more in um a little bit more interested. Yeah, no, I, I like I said, this is a problem with following foreign animation, just l- lack of information. So, mm-hmm. uh, the final animated film uh, on the Contra Jump section is called True North, which is a Japan and Indonesia collaboration by Eiji Han Shimizu. And this one has a very lightweight story. After his father disappears and the rest of his family is sent to a notorious political prison camp in North Korea, 
a young boy must learn to survive the harsh conditions, find meaning in his perilous existence, and maybe even escape. You know, lightweight. <laughs> um, this is this one also has very little in terms of trailer footage, but it's using a very distinct uh, 3D visual style. It, it reminds me of uh, a film from two years ago called Funan. And... Um, and Funan? Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say. I think Funan, F-U-N-A-N. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I wonder how you pronounced it. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And there's really not much to say unless you all have some observations to, to make. Uh, no, I, I, I just really want to see it mostly because I, I can tell watching that, watching that like um, behind the scenes uh, clip that they, yeah. they're really passionate about the material. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see what they're so passionate about. Yeah. Now it's in, it might be a very tough sit because you know, that's very like the, from what I saw, the production said like they still had to keep their identities a secret. And I can, I uh, give them kudos for wanting to talk about something so traumatic and such. So we are now moving on to the work in progress section. This is the section of the competition well, it's not really part of the competition. It's part of the festival where people show off their films that are almost done or in some part of production. Sometimes they're like in the early stages and then they'll like show up next year in the main competition like Swallows of Kabul was. Or they're almost done and they'll be shown later this year. Like uh, last year there was Weathering With You and Klaus. Our first film, and unfortunately again, there's not a lot of information about it, is called The Island, um, which is about, it's a musical comedy and an upside down Crusoe story. Uh, Robinson is a doctor and unlike Robinson Crusoe, his solitude is voluntary, but his island in the Mediterranean Sea is invaded by uh, migrants, NGOs, and guards. Friday is a castaway, the only one from his boat to have survived when sailing from Africa to Italy. Um... This is being directed. This is a Romania, France, and Belgium collaboration by Anka Damien, who last year um, put out a film called Morona's Fantastic Tale, yeah, which I've is a that. great, yeah, which is a great movie, um, and it's going to have a virtual theater showing um, very soon, at, like in June. So, unfortunately, not much to say here. It look the pictures that you can find look really nice uh she knows how to the director knows how to use different visual styles and that's true when you see the morona's fantastic tale trailer so our next one is called oh go ahead ahead. virtual cinema that's basically video on demand right um Virtual cinema is, yeah, it's kind of like on demand, but it the money goes through the studio and the theater that you rent it from. Yeah, so I've heard it's that like too. they, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like on demand, but not on like any on demand service. You have to go to the website for the film to watch it that way. Mm-hmm. So our next film is a stop motion film from France, Italy, Belgium, and Switzerland. Um, called No Dogs or Italians Allowed. <laughs> That's quite the title. 
Um, before he passed away, my father told me his version of our family legend. For generations, we had been born, married, and died in one uh, Piedmontes uh, village called Ughetera. I hope I said that. Oh, land of the Ugeto, where all of the inhabitants had the same last name as ours. Who were these people? How did they live? Why did they flee? And where did they go? Is in the description. Unfortunately, it's a... Uh, a tech demo trailer showing off the stop motion style is the only thing available for the film. I like the visual look. It looks very old school. It kind of reminds me of like the Gumby days of yes. yeah, uh, stop does. motion, but that uh, but that's just me. Yeah, it's it um the the face like the face design um, reminds me a lot of Gumby and and like the um like they're sort of choppy uh movements but for for a tech de- for a tech demo trailer that was that that, that was very impressive yeah no um, really any too. other thoughts from what the backgrounds look pretty realistic too surprisingly yeah uh kiona any thoughts um yeah for a tech demo trailer it was good um it, it was a little goofy yeah <laughs> So I thought I thought it was part of the movie uh, until you just mentioned that. Yeah, well, I think it is what the movie's going to look at look like, and I think that's part of the story. But we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to have a coin okay. jar uh, beforehand to say so we can put a quarter in for every time we have to say we'll have to wait and see because <laughs> we're going to have exactly. to wait and see what happens with Masaki Yuasa's newest film called uh, Enyuo. Um, Inuho was a real-life uh, Sarukaku no performer, so like a stage performer, um, who enjoyed great success in the 14th, in 14th century Japan. Nowadays, he is unknown because there are very few documents about his life that have survived today. Almost 600 years later, this Inuho project, full of music and dance sequences, portrays a tale of friendship between the legendary Inuho and a Baiwa player he befriends. Unfortunately, the one image you can see is on the page for the work in progress section. So there's not much to talk about. But if you know Masaki Yuasa, the famed director behind Devilman Crybaby, The Night is Short, uh, Walk On Girl, Lou Over the Wall, the recently released Ride Your Wave, and um, the upcoming uh, Netflix series Japan Sinks, Uh. he's going to have a distinct style. And it's probably going to be a little surreal and wild looking. But um, yeah, there's. I apologize about this one not having too much information on. Although the the, script, well, the description looking... sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, who? Yeah, it, it looks. It sounds promising. So, yeah. we will move on to our next film, which is from good old Canada and USA, called. Uh, Lamia's poem. A young Syrian refugee girl finds a magical gateway to meet the great 13th century poet Rumi and helps him write the poem that 800 years later saved her life. Unfortunately, there's uh, this film directed by Alexander uh, uh, Cronomer. There's not a a whole lot uh, to look at, just the visuals alone. It looks fine. I want to see some like how it looks in motion. 
But since there's no trailer out for it or any test footage or anything, there's not much to say about this one. Definitely intriguing in terms yeah, of yeah. the plot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, timely, very timely. Um, very timely indeed. Um, it kind of reminds me of some films that came out these past few years, like The Breadwinner and uh, Window Horses, which for some reason there's not a U.S. release for Window Horses. It's a great movie. Um, so our next film that got some hype uh, is called The Summit of the Gods a 2D feature by Patrick Embert, who worked on films like Ernest and Celestine and The Big Bad Fox and Other Tales. It's a France-Luxembourg collaboration. Um, Did George Mallory die going up or coming down the summit of Everest? 8th, uh, 8th, uh, June 8th, 1924. 70 years later, when Fukamachi, a young reporter, buys an old Kodak camera in a market in... Kathmandu, I apologize again if I butcher any of this. He thinks he can find the answer. This discovery draws him into the world of eager mountaineers chasing impossible conquests where love and ghosts intertwine. It sounds interesting. I love the visual that they look, uh, they, that they have on the page. But again, not a whole lot yeah. to look at or watch. Yeah, and maybe it's... Yeah, and maybe it's because Adam ruins everything, kind of demystified, or not kind of, he did demystify the whole Mount Everest, uh, like the mystery and wonder of it all, because there's a bunch of garbage and dead people up there. <laughs> uh, be- hopefully hopefully the film can at least like put a little mystery back into Everest. Yeah, no, and and it's like, it's not adam ruins everything's fault that he demystified it it's just kind of like you think about it for more than two seconds and it's like oh yeah that whole mountain is covered in bodies (laughs) um now finally the work in progress section gave us something to look at in a film from uh, colombia and argentina called lynn and the song of the whales um lynn a wild and curious nine-year-old is afraid of water in a tribe where all activities take place in the sea next to the whales. That's like not being able to swim in water world. She receives a warning, a warning from a stranger from another tribe about an imminent tsunami and a tough mission to convince them to leave their home and trust their enemies to survive. This one again is a, a teaser trailer. We don't know if this is what it's going to look like by the end, by like when it's finally released. What now when that is we'll see but i like the visual look I, I i like all these films trying out different children's book styles because that's what was so fun about looking at children's books when you were young all these different art styles mm-hmm. any thoughts about the trailer or did y'all have time to see the teaser um definitely looks yeah good. i i i like the style of this as well um going back to what i said earlier just uh, the fact that so many um, of these countries around the world are really leaning into 2D animation mm-hmm. just just makes me so happy. Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. it's something that the U.S. market can start learning from. And a lot of these movies, they don't cost ninety million dollars. They cost at most maybe twenty, and they just got a very creative art team to make the film come to life. 
that's really all you need. Yeah, in most cases, um, I don't think they can even afford to do CGI. Yeah, or if they can, they get really creative with it. That's really what you have to do. Otherwise, you end up with a bunch of direct-to-video films that look super cheap-looking CGI. They look like PS1 games and such. Right. So yeah, we don't need to see more of those. I, I no, we absolutely don't, and they don't need to be coming to theaters. I don't know how the heck you got there, Norma the North. I will find out one day. <laughs> um, so our next film is from Latvia and the USA. It's a mixed media project called My Love Affair with Marriage. The audience is taken inside the wild imaginative mind of Zelma as she goes on a 23-year quest for perfect love and lasting marriage. This is a film directed by Signe uh, Baumane. And again, this is one of those films that combined 2D and different art styles to make something that pops. Now, could it maybe get lost in translation? We'll have to see. I mean, like it from like using the different visual styles. We'll have to see. But I, I kind of want to see how this one unfolds. Did anyone uh, pay attention to the cast of this film? I was gonna say. I was gonna say that. Yeah, you look at the cast for the movie. It's actually it's. Uh, what's yeah, you have, you have like it's Emma crazy. Kenny, uh, Cameron Monaghan, Stephen Lang, oh. Matthew Modine. Yeah, this is. That if if for no other reason, that's why I'm. This one has my attention. I I think that's a great cast. I forgot about that. So, and that's not a shock to hear Matthew Modine in a foreign animation film project. He pops up everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, Jacob, any thoughts? Um, animation kind of reminds me of Bill Plimpton. Did you mm-hmm. did you get that impression too? Bill Plimpton. Uh. oh yes yeah oh yeah the art style does look like that yeah it it very much looks like a bill plimpton look especially with how the humans look i can i can see that yeah sideways too all right yeah yeah so uh we're gonna go through this next one quickly because again there's not a whole lot it's just that one uh clip all right not one clip just one picture it's called New Gods, Neza Reborn. This is a sequel uh, to the Chinese uh, animated hit from last year, Neza, by Ji uh, Zhao, um, which 3,000 years after the boy god Neza conquers the Dragon King, then disappears in mythological times, he returns as an ordinary man to find his own path to become a true hero. So context here, we were probably going to get a tease or a, a first look at this if uh, Zhang Jia was out by now, but due to the virus, the film's del- uh, Zhang Jia has been delayed and there's just not a whole lot of information about this. I like the look and Neza was a pretty good movie. It had a tone issue and the jokes didn't all land, but I think if people want to see uh, Chinese animation at its best, uh, check out Neza and White Snake. Uh, any Still quick thoughts? One of those is on Netflix. I know. I know Neja is on Netflix. Is that's it? good to know. I did not know. I did not know that. So that's good. Yeah, I, I I looked it up before before we recorded just to make sure. Yeah. So um, 
it's probably going to get picked up by Wellgo USA Entertainment, who brought up Amazon, them, yeah. who we're going to bring over. Yes, or Zhang They're bringing over that film I mentioned earlier, uh, A Dog's Courage. Uh, so they're turning into a company I like because they're kind of they're willing to bring it over. And yeah, so there's not, like I said, not a whole lot to talk about with New Gods. So let's move on to the two projects that have the most attention. We're going to go to France with uh, Sirocco and the Kingdom of the Winds, a 2D uh, film by Benoit Chiel. Um I hope I said that name correctly. Um, and the story goes, Agnes, Juliet, and Carmen's neighbor writes children's storybooks that take place in a fantasy world, the Kingdom of the Winds. The two interpret sisters discover a passageway between their world and this extraordinary universe. One, uh, once on the other side, the girls take on the appearance of cats and discover Sirocco, a terrifying character who can control the wind. This one caught a lot of eyes when the trailer was released earlier this year because of its quite bonkers uh, art style and direction. It looks like a French version of Spirited Away, if people want like a reference point sounds about right yeah this is a film that i think everyone's been kind of keeping at least in the animation community has been keeping their eyes on uh what what have y'all thought uh thought about the trailer i thought i thought it looked like pretty visually stunning for um for like that kind of adult swim style yeah i could it's 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 a weird it's a weird combination because the story the story makes us sound a little bit more um, whimsical family friendly yeah Ansible. but I could definitely see uh, I could definitely see this um, airing on like the same night as like a Rick and Morty um, <laughs> I could see that <laughs> um but yeah I'm I'm I think I'm just as excited for this as I am um. For some of the other ones we've talked about yeah i think uh this one has probably the the award probably the award for the most stunning visuals i mean you look at the trailer and it's like wow uh kiona yeah. jacob any thoughts um not not really um that's the kind of the problem when like when you look through um this type of um animated film like this type of festival is that the movies that are being released, they look less and less extraordinary when you sandwich between some really interesting-looking gems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're just kind of numb. Yeah, no, it's like, it's hard to... Yeah, it's hard to stand out when everyone is mostly bringing their A-game. Um, but to me, I think the visuals still stand out enough, even though I get that it looks like a French uh, Ghibli movie. Uh, Kiona, any thoughts? I, I, yeah, I really like the look of it. I think it's, uh, well, when you showed when you showed me the trailer the first time, I thought it was really, really good looking. So I think it's, it's definitely one that's yeah, yeah. for me. And I think, uh, I think I'm gonna enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, because I, it, it looks very surreal and weird. Yeah, and I, I hope it's good because it it reminds me of uh some of the later seasons of Adventure Time, like where there's like a little more. Hmm a darker tone and whatnot um yeah no i think it looks like the most one of the most more visually stunning films of the festival 
So, yeah. Once again, this next one we do not have a trailer to go off of, but if you are a video game player, I sound like an old man saying that. You play them video games? <laughs> um, <laughs> um so Netflix has is going to be releasing an animated series based off of the indie hit Cuphead called The Cuphead Show. And the game known for its rubber hose animation style and punishing difficulty um, will be turned into a TV series. Um, nice. With uh, with 10 minute episode, like 11 10 minute episodes. Uh, the, the image that we have gives it that look of like a Ren and Stimpy, a very like uh, 90s cartoon style. Or like a, a 90s cartoon yeah. that's wanting to imitate the rubber hose, uh, 30s and 40s style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not much else to say. I think it looks interesting. I'm curious to see how they're going to stretch out this into a TV show. Whether they go like the Looney Tunes route where it's just antics and shenanigans. I, or- I kind of hope it is that. And like they even have um, like opening and closing credits that resemble... Um, classic cartoons from that era yeah um because what what would be the point if you're going to copy the uh this game's super distinct art style like not even other games look like this or went the distance with like cuphead did because the developers Mm -hmm. hand drew everything all those moving sprites all hand drawn it's they put a lot of elbow grease into it you can see definitely yeah 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 but um yeah we'll have to wait and see how it looks in motion to see if they copy the the fluidness or if it's going to be a little more uh computer focused like flash and such now normally we would stop there or at least that's where i would stop because usually or i would round out the festival got preview guide with like they're gonna here's some films are gonna play or like there are u.s films that are going to premiere there well since you know the virus is pushing this online. That's not going to happen. So I decided to bring up this very specific film from the making of section. And if and you know, this is one that Cameron and I have been hyping up for, I want to say what, four years now. Yeah. Four years. It's called animal crackers directed by Tony Bancroft and Scott Christian Saba. If you are an animation fan, you have probably known about this film's wildly troubled distribution uh, history. Now, it was originally made and shown at Annecy back in 2017, where it got pretty solid reviews. Some criticism aimed at the CGI animation, but most praised it for its scripts and the casting of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as the, t- as the uh, lead couple, along with other big names like uh, Danny DeVito, Ian McKellen, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, everyone's favorite comedy uh, character actor, Patrick Warburton. They will be talking about the production of the film, and I'm sure maybe throw some shade at the dev- the distributors that screwed them over. <laughs> because Netflix will be picking this one up and will be probably releasing it maybe in July, maybe August. We'll have to see. So, Let's talk about this because this is the new, the one news story I kept out 
of the news stuff from earlier because there's just a lot to talk about with this film. Uh, yeah, starting with the fact that um, it's been through three different uh, like distributors uh, before Netflix was like, yeah, we'll save you. Yeah, so, and one of those distributors was the distributor of Arctic Dogs, one of the biggest financial bombs of 2019. Oh, yeah, Entertainment Studios. Brilliant. Because, yeah, you, you know, you got to, yeah, you got to trust, you got to trust a distributor that's called Entertainment Studios. It totally doesn't sound like a scam. <laughs> so, um, so has it, like, if you all have seen the trailer, what, like, what do you all think about the, how the movie looks? Or, like, what do you think about the overall movie? I think it looks great. I, I honestly, I, I, I love people bag on the animation style. I think that, um, you know, they wisely chose not to go for photorealism with the budget they had. I think the character designs are very appealing. Um, I especially love the detail of the main character having blue peach fuzz. Yeah, that's a that's a very nice detail, actually. Like, also, there's, it. This is one of those films that gets by with its CGI uh, budget limitations by being more uh, creative in the art direction department. Yeah, because but, I th- I also I agree. I think the designs look uh, great. The lighting uh, is also. Kiona, any thought? Uh, go ahead. The lighting is also um beautiful too. I gotta say, like they. Like you said, um, I also I love the cast. I love um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt because they actually are a married couple. Of course, they're going to have really good chemistry, and it really shines from what I've heard. I, I've been following this movie too, and in a, for these past few years, and it, it was just breaking my heart to see it go through so much in the distribution phase, and. And there was always this fear deep down that it would never see the light of day. And, you know, and I was always on edge, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever news that came out of it, because I just like to see artists, talented artists get rewarded for it in the end for all the hard work they've done. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, like I said, Netflix has kind of become the hero for animated move for different animated movies. Um, I, they they were planning for a theatrical release for this movie, um, um, but because honestly, I I honestly do not know how this movie would have survived in theater. I can't see it surviving from a theatrical release. It just wouldn't. It would have been massacred. Yeah, I don't. I think going to Netflix should have been its original intent, and. Nothing against it. It's like I I'm always rooting for a a new animated film to compete alongside Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, and so on. But sometimes it is like you might should go to Netflix, not because of quality, but because you'll reach a wider audience. And I think it was while it took forever, and Netflix had a few weak excuses about why they didn't pick this film up right away. Um, I'm happy that it's going to at least finally come out so it doesn't turn into vaporware or uh, whatever the term is where it's like it's forever gone and such. So, uh, Kiona, any thoughts? 
Skew's a little bit young for me, but I will say that the cast is great, the animation looks really good, and the fact that the score is by Bear McCreary, who did Battlestar Galactica, the, the reimagining oh, of that show. Nice. And also, apparently the, the soundtrack includes original songs by Toad the Wet Sprocket, Huey Lewis, and the News, and Michael Bublé, but we didn't <laughs> about him. Um, was, uh, it's, it's interesting, Toad the Wet Sprocket. I wouldn't have expected No, that. it's... Uh... Tony Bancroft is a very interesting person. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he w- he used to work mm-hmm. at Disney and was a co-director for a few of the 90s Disney films. Um, Mulan being like the one that stands out. Yeah. So, and you can definitely see that a lot in the humor of the, of the film. Like, like I, mm-hmm. I like how the narrator, who's played by this clown, voiced by Danny DeVito, it's like, this couple needed something different because their lives are, aren't great. So congratulations. You are now the inheritance owners of an old worn down circus. <laughs> and, and then there's like a scene in the trailer where uh, Patrick Warburton shows up and he's like, he's the obnoxious dumb punk. It, like if you've seen that kind of character, <laughs> he's played uh, where he's like that. Um, yeah, like the, the like the tick, especially like that. And you see him like make his yeah. pecs dance, and then you you can tell there's like, and you can hear a little bongo beat, uh, in the background. They're just like, oh my gosh, why is he doing that? I don't know. <laughs> it's like I can't believe he gets paid more than me. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it just to end this on an optimistic note. Uh, I'm hap- I'm glad for, uh, animal crackers. Yeah, same. I'm yeah, yeah. Ha- having having like a brief interaction with the with the directors on Twitter. I'm I'm just so happy like they they can finally like they can finally show this movie to to an audience. Like like that's that that's a weight they can lift off their shoulders for after like years of trying to get this movie off the ground. Now now Netflix has come in um and like and save the day yeah and and also also i think this is probably um probably the like the most perfect use of danny devito (laughs) like he's like this this is the first time that he's played this type of character yeah yeah. just um like the dialogue in in this trailer is just is it feels like it was written specifically for him yeah, no, he reminds me of his character from Smallfoot. Uh, like, there's that scene where they talk about, like, how in Smallfoot you ring the gong by hitting your head against uh, the 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 item, and then it's like, so has the entire family done this? And like, oh, yeah, and he goes through a bunch of names of people who have just, like, basically crushed their skulls and their spines <laughs> down, and then there's, like, and then there's Frank and his stupid uh, stick theory. Nobody <laughs> talks about him anymore. so danny devito is so funny and i know like he's kind of not trapped in that it's always sunny in philadelphia character he plays not like he like it seems like he loves playing that character because you know he's the one who convinced uh whatever channel it used to play on to uh it's like no 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 give it a second season i'll join and it'll be and it'll be great um so so i think Danny DeVito is going to be a lot of the heart in this film. And he's, he's really good at like towing that line between, 
between like the cynic um like the cynic with a heart of gold yeah it, it reminds me of his character in matilda uh matilda the the uh live action roll doll film from like that he directed with uh oh who was the uh the young actress who was in that mara wilson yeah mara wilson where they're like it's like can we read a book and he's just like why do you want to read a book when everything's in front of you and on tv and it's just like <laughs> he he's such a good character actor and definitely watch uh romancing the stone he's great in that movie um but now we are done i am I, I again i apologize for this being a very long podcast at probably our longest and uh, i probably could have cut a few actually, of the films out but this is how i i roll actually, i overdo i overdo it on a lot a lot of this stuff so this is, um hey, that, hey that's all right we we had a we yeah. had a great discussion of all of all yes. these films and we went longer on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, yeah. spoiler, ah, yes. okay. I was just making about, sure. Yeah, this yeah, is so not average right. length for us. <laughs> yeah, it's getting uh, to be. Okay, I'm just making fine. sure because I was a little worried going through uh, the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, any any closing thoughts about this year's Annecy lineup? I I'm I'm gonna say this one more time. Um, seeing seeing the amount of 2D animated films on on those lists just makes me so happy yeah yeah um did y'all have like a a favorite overall film that you're looking forward to the most or is there like a a film that you think looks the most promising the one that might be the biggest disappointment anything of that matter um i'm actually i'm Mm -hmm. i'm 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 looking forward to animal crackers because um we should also add that the trailer we're talking about, um, that was that trailer came out in 2017. So, yeah, that that really gives some context oh. into how long this movie is taken to finally see the light of day. And you know, I'm there are some movies I think look a little more promising than this one, but you know, at, at this point, I just really want to watch Animal Crackers now. <laughs> I know who. Yeah, who? I think I think Animal Crackers <laughs> is my number one. My number two would be Lupin the Third, um, the first, mm-hmm. and number three. Number three, I think is. Hold on, I'm look. I'm looking it up now. No worries. If you need help, uh, find remembering it, uh, you can describe it, and I can probably. I have the. Uh notes that i took i took very extensive notes for this okay yeah nope uh number three <laughs> is um ongaku our sound yeah i i knew that was gonna be there for me my the ones i'm looking forward to the most are like honorable mention goes to animal crackers and the ones i'm excited to see are uh calamity uh seven days oh, that was that was my number four. Oh yeah. So uh, you let's do four for now on. So, Animal Crackers, Calamity, Lupin. Um, did I say Seven Days War? Okay. Um, let's see, Lupin and uh, On Gaku R Sound. I think those look like the most fun, and I hope those are all watchable in their entirety. Annecy, if you know what's good for you, <laughs> uh, you'll make those the ones that people can see fully. Um, for me, I think it was uh, Lupin the Third, 
is the first one for me, and then Seven Days War, and then The Legend of Hay, mm-hmm. and then um, I think Ongaku as well. Uh, Jacob. Um, yeah, Annecy. I add. I just really hope that um film festivals don't even with the virus uh lifted that um all these bands lifted that they wouldn't go the way of just going online you know i do hope we get some physical festivals in the future and uh, included um because they do so much for mm-hmm. animated movies obviously and yeah, yeah you know i just hope that this is only a one-time thing uh do you have a uh four films that you're looking forward to Oh, hearing about i'm sorry um oh no no it's okay um animal crackers um calamity jane calamity jane one um uh, no calamity one mm-hmm. um loop on the third the first and um and uh beauty water all righty um do we do we want to do recommendations for anything now, or should we just uh, like uh, move uh, end end it all, <laughs> or should we just uh, finish up? Um, if if anyone has any recommendations now, now would be the time. Well, um, since HBO Max is one of the topics we talked about, check out the new Looney Tunes shorts. They are ridiculously yes. funny. Just go watch them. Yeah. They're good. Shout out to Eric Bauza and the uh, rest of the voice cast. They do such a good job with the voices. And this is a very distinct uh, era of Looney Tunes that they're uh, lifting from. And it's different from Chuck Jones. And they're pulling more from Bob Clampett and Tex Avery from this. Oh, this and to, to, add, to add to that, um, I, I was complaining earlier about about the shorts that were on HBO Max, mm-hmm. but the the ones they do have are are still really good. So I would, if if you're like a, a casual Looney Tunes fan, go go back and watch some of those originals too, because the the they were for their time revolutionary in theatrical animation. Alrighty, any any other recommendations? Um, other than Promare, I'm gonna say like uh, the the Studio Ghibli movies. I'm gonna go and check those out because there's a lot that I haven't seen, and um, I think I'm gonna watch Perfect. Yes, oh, at that, point this week. that that's a really good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I, yeah, you'll, we'll probably have to have an episode or something talking about Satoshi Kon at one point. Um, I would be down mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob, any recommendations? Um. Well, you guys know I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan, and I, I just recommend you know, Kiona. I think you're really in for some some real gems there. Um, yeah, like I I don't really think there's a one a bad one you can start off of your new binge. You know, I just you know I just think all of them are worth checking out. Even the the ones that I, people think are less than stellar, like Tales of Mercy and The Cat Returns, and yeah, I think just mm-hmm. just enjoy enjoy the. The, the Ghibli legacy. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right, and with that said, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, Cameron, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cam's Eye View. Um, Instagram the same. 
You can also check out my personal website, camsiview.biz, um, where I review animated films and live action films. You can also check out like my old video game reviews if you want. Um, I have a recent nice. review up for Once Upon a Forest, one of the two 20th Century Fox animated films about environmentalism. And I'm going to be uploading a new review tomorrow for a film that I can't fully talk about, but I got a screener for. So it's nothing that we talked about on here, but um, just be on the lookout for it. All right. Jacob? Nice. Um, you can find me at Jacob Crable on Facebook. I'm also a reg- I'm also part of the Renegade Pop Culture um, Facebook group, and I... I I write um articles on the website occasionally. All right, Kiona. Of course, you can find me on renegadepopculture.com um and also in the Facebook group and also we have a new Twitter page, an official Twitter page which is at @renpopculture. So that's capital R E N capital P O P and then capital C for culture basically yep so ren pop culture on twitter awesome check it and out. you guys can find me on twitter and instagram at captain k42 check out my quick thoughts on letterbox.com slash coach k42 and look for me on all the various facebook groups just at my name and check out the renegade pop culture facebook group the ren the renegade pop culture twitter and check out all our content on renegadepopculture.com Need to escape? So do we. Thanks, guys, for joining us for another episode of Tuned Up. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye. Peace out.